Welcome to the Making Waves at Sea Level podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we will explore the interesting stories of business executives, entrepreneurs, and industry leaders who are shaking things up and growing their companies. It is time to make some waves. Now here's your host, Tom Singer. Well, hello, and welcome to another episode of Making Waves at Sea Level. I'm doing something a little bit different with this episode. I'm actually recording the video uh, and I'm going to post it to YouTube and in a couple of other places, as well as having the audio that's going to go to the regular places where the podcast can be. Uh, one of the reasons for doing this is we have moved into a world where there's just a lot more video. Many of you who are listening to this podcast, your companies, people have probably gone to work from home and that has changed some things up. Uh, you're probably on Zoom or Microsoft Teams constantly. And I talk to a lot of people who are really nervous about being on camera and they're even more nervous if it's being recorded. I had an actual business trip. I actually flew to Boston to record a conference for a technology company who is having a user's uh, customer co conference coming up and everything was pre-recorded. and I was in the studio with them and it took us, you know, 10 hours to record a four hour conference. It was a lot of fun. I learned a lot. The team at this company really invested a lot of time and effort and money. They really care about the community that they have. It's a 35-year-old company. They have some long-term clients. Uh, they're expanding. They're doing things. But in talking with the executives who had to present on video, this was a whole new thing for them. And on the plane home, I actually had a conversation with somebody about the fact that people aren't comfortable recording video. And I thought, you know what? I do this for a living and I'm still not totally comfortable making sure that everything is the same when it's on video. I have recorded a thousand podcast episodes almost between uh, a show that I did a long time ago, having been a guest on hundreds of shows, 600 episodes of this almost in just a couple of days, we'll hit episode 600 of Making Waves at Sea Level, which was originally called Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do, uh, and then the uh, webinar talk show. And I have found that when it's just me and the microphone and the video camera isn't rolling, it's really easy just to cut loose and be free and be myself. But the only way I'm going to get more comfortable on video and the only way all of you are going to get more comfortable on video is if we turn the camera on. There's a gentleman named Brian Fanzo and he has a great tagline and that is push the damn button. He has done tens of thousands, maybe a hundred thousand videos using both live broadcasts on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and YouTube and putting videos out there, as well as training companies in how to maximize uh, this whole world of video. And Brian has said for years, push the damn button because it's like everything else. You get better at it by doing it. In fact, people ask me all the time when they see me give a speech in front of a live audience, which... I haven't done since March per se, but they would always say, wow, how come you're so comfortable on the stage? You know, one of the biggest fears that people have is having to give a speech. And for me, I get up there and I have a lot of fun with it. Well, one of the reasons is, is that I've also done about a thousand live presentations in my career. So I realized that I should be recording more of these podcasts and posting the videos out there, whether they're good or maybe they're not so good. The only way I'm going to get better is to do it. And I want to lead by example. So I think that's the same thing for you guys. 
So today's show, it's just going to be me. I don't have a guest today, but I want to talk about this whole concept of starting over at age 50. And the truth is, is this could be age 40 or age 30. Heck, you could start over at age 20 or age 75. It really doesn't matter. But I'm 54 years old and I've made this commitment for the last four plus years that I was going to make age 50 to 75 the best years of my life. And when I coach with executives who are in the C-level or their lawyers and their partners in their firms, a lot of people are in their 40s and their 50s and they're trying to figure out, what do I do from here? How do I go forward? So when I say starting over, I don't mean throwing everything out and starting from scratch. I just mean, how do you make a pivot to where the next several years are going to be the best years of your life? So for me, I did this when I turned 50. I did what I call... Uh, change by proclamation. Just before my 50th birthday, I told everyone who would listen, I'm going to make age 50 to 75 the best years of my life. I wasn't even sure necessarily what I meant by that. That was a big proclamation. And on top of it, I'd had a really good life. The first 50 years were kind of awesome. So that was a pretty bold statement to say, I'm going to make the next 25 years the best years of my life. Now, before you send me an email, because people do it all the time, and they say, Tom, you talk about the fact that your dad lived to be almost 100 years old. My my dad passed away six years ago when he was 99. People say, you know, why stop at 75? Well, I'm not going to stop at 75. But I do know, having seen my dad live to be almost 100, that it's a different game from 75 to 100. So I'm still going to work on that. But for now... I've got 21 more years where I'm going to make age 50 to 75 the best years of my life. And because I've been talking about this for a long time, and because I've put some things into action, what has happened is, is people are starting to reach out to me who are getting a little bit nervous as they're approaching that 50th birthday, as some things are going on in their life. And they're like, Tom, tell me what you're doing. So I wanted to take this into the podcast. I don't think this is going to be super long. I've got five tips. I have some other stuff. If, if you search starting over at 50 or reinventing yourself uh, on my website, I've got some other uh, articles that I've written. But I think this is really important for anyone in business who wants to get themselves on a new road, either an entirely new road or they just want to make a little pivot. Take one of those feeder roads and, and be able to go farther down the line. So let me tell you a little bit about my story. As I said, I decided I was going to make age 50 to 75 the best years of my life, but I really didn't even know what that meant. So I started thinking about it and I started talking to people who had already been down this road, people who had reinvented themselves, people who were living their life to the fullest, people who were hitting super high levels of success. And I started asking them kind of what were some of the things that they did? And I started thinking about what in this would work for me. And the biggest thing that came out of it was my personal motto. And my personal motto has become over the last four years, try new things. You're going to say, Tom, what do you mean by try new things? In my personal life and my business, I discovered that over the course of the last 25 years, heck, probably the whole last 50 years, I only said yes to things when I thought I'd be pretty good at it. If I was worried that it wasn't my forte or that maybe I'd stumble or I'd look silly, I didn't do it. I found reasons not to do things. Now, the things I did, I was relatively successful. Like I said, I had a good life. I made a lot of friends. I had some fun. I had a good career, but I didn't do things that I thought were risky. And I certainly didn't push myself into new arenas. So I decided instead of looking for ways to say no, 
There's so much written about protecting your time and saying no, and you cannot say yes to everything. I understand that. But if your first inclination is to find reasons not to do something, you're not going to try new things. So I took it upon myself to decide that I would start trying new things every chance I got. And just some of the things that I did, I took up running at age 50. Now, you might not think that's a big deal, but I used to weigh 30 pounds more than I, I do now. I never was athletic. I had never run a mile in my whole life. And I decided I was going to run a half marathon in the year that I turned 50. And I started training just before my 50th birthday. And six months later, I completed the 3M half marathon in Austin, Texas. And along with that, I had lost 30 pounds along the way. And it transformed so much of my life. I suddenly was healthier. I had more energy. I was having more fun in general. And so that first little trick to just go out there and, and, and do something athletic for a guy who never had, it showed me that I could do those things. So that, that running was a really interesting thing. Another thing I did was right after, right about my 50th birthday, I was in Las Vegas and I did what's called the sky jump at the Stratosphere Hotel. Now, this is a 108 story jump on the outside of like the Seattle, like Space Needle <coughs> that happens to be, uh, it's not Seattle, but it's in Vegas. It looks like the Seattle Space Needle. <coughs> Excuse my cough. And uh, I, you jump off with a tension rope and a harness from 108 stories. It takes 19 seconds to get to the bottom. You're in almost total free fall. It was awesome. But here's the thing. I'm scared of heights. And so to get me to do it was a big push. I had to put on that hat of try new things. I had to put myself through it. When you go through the training course, you get up to the top, they have a sign and it says, this is called the sky jump, not the sky push, which meant I had to be the one to jump. I had to take the action and I almost didn't. I almost backed out. There was sort of a back door that would take you back down the elevator, but I did it. And one of the things that I learned in doing it is you can't have anyone push you because they're not going to. You have to take that jump. So along the way, some other things I did is recently I've started to learn to play chess. Now, chess is a really hard game to take up when you're 54 years old. But my son-in-law or my son-in-law-to-be, they had to postpone the wedding date due to COVID. So they aren't actually married yet. They should have been married a few months ago. But uh, he is really into chess. And I decided, I don't know that I'll ever be as good as he is. He's kind of a mathematical genius and a strategy guy. But I wanted to learn to play chess <coughs> so that at some point I could sit down and play with him when we're on vacation or we hang out with him. So it's going to take me several years to get there. But the only way I was going to be able to do it was to get out there and start learning. In addition to that, this year I also took up meditation. I had some personal issues that I was working through late last year. Uh, I don't want to go into the details of it. It wasn't horrible, but let's just put it in simple terms. I had sort of realized that for about 15 years, I had sort of had myself in sort of this mental cave. And while trying new things and pushing myself at age 50 had helped, it hadn't fully gotten me out of the funk that I was in. And so I started meditating and reading about mindfulness and spirituality. And I took it into practice that every single morning I spend 30 minutes meditating. Now, I had tried this years ago, and the problem was I always thought I was doing it wrong because my mind would wander. I couldn't stay focused. And then somebody told me, but that's true of everybody in meditation. You just have to push through the mind wandering. 
So I started this meditation practice and it took me about six months before I really started to see the effects, the positive effects from it. And it has helped me really get to the next level in this transformation that I'm going through. And then another thing I did is I got a kayak this year. I asked my, my wife for Father's Day if she would get me a kayak. And so that was something else is I go out on the lake uh, at least once a week, paddle around for an hour or two. And again, it just sort of clears my mind. Now, I've done more than just stuff in my personal life. I've also done some things different in my business life. One of the things is I decided to take the podcasting more seriously. And in addition to this show, for the last year and a half, I've hosted a show called the Digital Enterprise Society podcast. And I'm currently in negotiation with two, maybe three different associations to become the host of their show. So I'm turning my passion for having this into something that makes me some money and I get paid to host these other people's shows. So I, I took... It, instead of just a hobby thing I did on the side, I've taken it into being something I do much more seriously for myself, so uh, for my business. So it's just a little tweak along that line, but that was really important for me. In addition to that, uh, I adopted the MC role as a part of my speaking business. Now, if I hadn't done this about four years ago in the midst of trying new things and reinventing my life and my the way I did things, if I hadn't really made being a master of ceremonies part of my business offering, it might've wiped me out during COVID because most of my work was doing keynote speeches. And when that went away, most of the work went away. So all the speakers in the world were chasing a handful of keynotes that actually were out there where the client still had a budget. However, the one thing that we've learned in the last six months is that if you're going to do an online event, the master of ceremonies, the host, is more important than probably at a live conference. So many associations and companies usually just have like their head of sales or their head of marketing be the MC or the CEO does sort of those roles introducing who the speakers are. But the problem is, is unless that person is really good at it and has the right energy, it doesn't necessarily make the conference that much better. So I created this whole program years ago that I called the Conference Catalyst, where if I MC a live event, I just make the event suck less than it would have without a professional host. And I ran with it a few years ago in that pivot in my business. And that's been whew, easily 70% of the work that I've done in the last six months is filling in in that role, helping events, uh, helping organizations make their events better. So if I hadn't made that change and taken that risk to actually on the front page of my website say I'm an MC because a lot of people, speakers bureaus and other speakers said, oh, you don't want to confuse the market. If you tell them you're a speaker and an MC, they won't know what to do and they won't hire you at all. Totally bad advice. Not what I found uh, pre-COVID. And certainly, like I said, the fact that I've been MCing for years, it's been what's kept my business alive during that time. And so other little things I've done in my business is I've just been more aggressive with my marketing. I changed the name of this podcast. I also took a job with an executive search firm this year because the speaking business is gone and it's probably not coming back for the next year, year and a half. And so I joined a company called Stanton Chase and they're a retained executive search firm. And I've actually talked to them a few times over the years about working for them. And I had time on my hands and it's an industry that fascinates me because what it takes to succeed 
doing business development and executive search for this company is you have to have a good network. You have to like people. You have to be a person who likes to connect the dots, who likes to unpeel a puzzle and figure out what the right components are. It's all the things that I love to do. So I was willing to try it. I was willing to jump in and I've only been doing it for a couple of months and it's probably going to take me a year or more to get ramped up. But again, I had to be willing to try it. I had to be willing to reinvent myself and decide that if the speaking business went away, I wasn't going to curl up in a ball and cry. I wasn't just going to be this person whose life had suddenly changed because a global pandemic had come in and wiped out live events. I was going to be willing to shake things up, to try new things, to get out there and do things. My career, I'm not defined by what it says on my business card. And if you want to start over and if you want to have you know more success and, and have sort of that better trajectory going forward, you have to realize that labels have to go away. You have to be willing to look at yourself and really peel back what it is that excites you and gets you uh, going to go out there and do things. So I've got five tips that I want to share with you. If you want to sort of reinvent yourself, if you want to get out there at any stage of your life and you want to do this, now there's, there's more things you have to do than just these, but these five will get you started but you have to think very clearly about them and you have to be sure that you want to do it. So tip number one is get rid of the toxic people in your life. Now, I know that sounds harsh. I'm not saying that you have to absolutely cut people out, but if you have people in your world who aren't supportive of who you are and what you're doing, you're not going to be able to move forward. So you have to find ways to minimize contact with people who pull you down. Because I'll tell you what, I suffered from having my mood really hurt by some things that people said and did. And, you know, sometimes they said it to my face, sometimes it was behind my back, but it got underneath my skin and it cut into my psyche just a little bit. So make sure that you're surrounding yourself with the right people. The second thing is, is you have to be willing to study and learn. As I said, I've done all these different things in my business and my life. They all come with an investment of time up front to learn what I'm doing. Using my entree into the world of executive search, you can't just walk into a brand new industry and be fantastic at it. You have to take the time to learn. So one of the things I'm doing is I meet with my boss once a week for about an hour and a half, and we just take a topic whether it has to do with how you do business development, if it's something to do about the company, if it's something to do about the search process itself, about how you identify candidates, and we go through it. Instead of trying to learn by a fire hose, instead of drinking out of that proverbial fire hose, I've decided to take a year and just learn a little piece at a time, just sort of a drip, drip, drip to it. My third tip, find some sort of practice where you meditate, practice mindfulness, get out in nature, whatever it is. See, I was one of these people who I would have identified myself as a city kid, but my youngest daughter, she's really outdoorsy. So the last few years, I've gone to the Grand Canyon. We've been to Yosemite. We've gone on hikes all over Texas. We've gone camping. And what I've discovered is, is that when I'm out in nature and when I take that mindfulness piece into it, I'm able to accomplish so much more in really getting out there and doing what I'm trying to do. Now, the fourth tip is you have to know what it is you're trying to do. Just having mindfulness, just being you know, clear, getting rid of those toxic people. If you don't know what you're trying to accomplish, if you don't know what success looks like, you're never going to be able to reinvent yourself. And I will promise you, reinventing yourself is hard. I'm four years into this process and really one year into sort of my advanced process. 
and it is not easy. This is super hard. It takes a lot of effort. I find myself switching back into the way I was before. And that's normal. That's the way the brain is wired. We, we are set for patterns. But if you want to break those patterns, you have to know what it is you're trying to accomplish. And then every day, ask yourself, did I behave in the new way or did I fall back into the way things were before? And then number five, number five might sound a little woo-woo or, or you may wonder about this, but you have to practice forgiveness. We've all had our bumps in the road in our life. So you have to be willing to forgive those people who caused pain, who threw up roadblocks, who did whatever it is. You just have to be willing to forgive them. You don't have to hang out with them. You don't have to be their best friend. This goes back to that first tip about toxic people. You need to remove the toxic people, but you don't need to carry a grudge or hate them or let it eat you up inside. But as important as being able to forgive others, you have to be willing and able to forgive yourself. And this was a really, really hard one because oftentimes, at least for me, we don't even admit to ourselves when we've made mistakes, when we've screwed up, when we've done things. So you have to be willing to forgive yourself and move forward because reinventing yourself, starting over at 50, making age 50 to 75 the best years of your life, it's a never ending process. I think at 74, I could make a, make a podcast episode like this talking about the things that you do. And with 20 more years under my belt, I'm not going to be perfect at it. The only thing I have is I'm a little farther down the road than you are. I've actually coached a few people who that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to figure out this reinvention process. And I've been really clear with them up front. I don't have all the answers, but layer by layer, I am peeling back that onion. So if you are interested in this topic, I'm willing to chat with anybody about it. Just give me a call. We'll jump on the phone for 15, 20, even 30 minutes, maybe more, and just talk about what you're trying to accomplish. I'm not trying to sell you anything. Yeah, I mean, I'll coach somebody if they want to work with me, but I'm willing just to talk about this process and what I've learned and what I've uncovered. Because here's the thing, if you don't focus on it, if it's not a priority, if you're not talking to people about what you want to accomplish and admitting what your mistakes were, you're never going to be able to change. But if you've watched, if you've watched this video or listened to this podcast all the way to this point, I believe that there's something in what I've said that's resonated with you. You got to focus on it and you have to take that long term. Start with that change by proclamation, figure out where you are and where you want to be and proclaim it. Start letting people know that there becomes instant credibility and accountability in it when you tell everyone in your life that you're trying to make these changes. You're trying to be a better person. You're trying to go out there and do that. So starting over at 50, I mean, I wish I had started over at 25. Nobody really ever told me how hard life would get. I thought somehow when I was in college that after I was out of college and had a job, life would be better. And then the bumps in the road and raising a family and everything else, nobody ever told me just how difficult and how much pressure that puts onto somebody. No, I didn't know. But at 50, I realized that this is just the way life was. And I was going to do something about it for the second half. So thanks for tuning in and listening. I hope that you're a regular listener of Making Waves at Sea Level. If you want to make waves in your company, I think you need to reinvent yourself. If you're not already that person who shakes things up and makes things happen, this advice will work for you if you want to get out there and make waves. Like I said, give me a call. Let's talk about this. All right. 
Thank you so much for tuning in. We're going to be back in a couple of days with an interview with somebody really cool who's making waves in their business. Please be sure to check out my sponsor of all of my episodes, which is Podfly Productions. If you want to start a podcast, don't do it alone. Get a partner. Start with the best. And the best is Podfly Productions. Jump over to podfly.net slash cool things and check out the offer that they have for the listeners of this show. So go out there, figure out where you want to be. Do you want to be on a different path as you go forward into the next 10, 20, 25 years or more? Do you want to shake things up? Do you want to make some waves? Only you can do it. Nobody will push you. It was called the sky jump, not the sky push. All right, we're going to be back in a couple days. I hope you'll listen to more episodes. We are closing in on episode number 600, and that makes me really, really excited. So jump over to iTunes or wherever, I think they now call it Apple Podcasts, uh, and leave a review. But more importantly, tell all your friends about the show and why you like it and share it on social media. That just makes me happy. All right, go out there and have a great day. Thank you for listening to the Making Waves at Sea Level podcast. Without your listening to these in-depth conversations, there would be no show. Connect with Tom at TomSinger.com and follow him on Twitter and Instagram at TomSinger. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.